So here we are. Are we starting? Should we go? Should we make a podcast? It's the cold open. It's the cold open. We're doing it. Jenny's getting recorded while saying, now? Is it now? (laughs) Is it now? Now and go. And then I wait till you're done. You're not. Right. Welcome to the Cave Project. Until I say something really stupid and then you're like recording me. So welcome to the Cave Project. We are Greg and Jenny Swan. We are creating this whole podcast. Movement. Movement, Substack, Instagram, social media, cacophony to talk about the intersection of real life and technology and to talk about how technology, the internet, all of the advancements coming in the future can actually be a good thing, not bad, because everyone talks about how bad it is all the time. And we just want to talk about the good parts of it for a little bit. Sometimes you get asked, Mm -hmm. how do you cope with being extremely online? Yeah. How do, How you, do you raise kids in a spot where you're extremely online? And so the last couple of podcasts, we've been intimating, building, scaffolding. And kind of the place that I've landed, I've been writing about it and thinking about it. And I have all these little things that I have puzzle pieced together to create this way that I interact online. But I thought it would be interesting just to talk about this a little bit. One of the questions that you get is how do you cope with being extremely online? Mm-hmm. And you have been telling me mm-hmm. that there's a handful of different categories that you can think about so that it's not so binary. It's not just, oh, it's about this one thing right. or this one thing. And so you've been working through and we've been talking about what those different elements could be and what are you calling them? Filters. Why are they filters? Filter is an interesting internet word, right? So Mm -hmm. you put filters on your pictures. You put filters on X. You used to be able to filter out certain words that you didn't Mm -hmm. want to see in tweets. And so filters Mm -hmm. are a way that when you have an exorbitant amount of information, you can quantify it easily. So in thinking about the World Wide Web Mm -hmm. and how big and vast and overwhelming it feels... If we just apply six filters before we interact with Mm -hmm. any sort of online content, I feel like these are the ways that we can, for ourselves and for our kids, put everything we're going to hit into context. I really like the filter that makes me look like a puppy. I know you do. And our nieces know you do. That's true. As well. Okay, so the first one that you listed was safety. Why is safety the first one? Yeah, so safety is the first one because it's the biggest thing that people think about when we're interacting with the internet, especially where kids are concerned. And I think one of the the things that you have to filter out is understanding how information on the internet can be used. Mm-hmm. Anything you put on the internet gives away information about yourself. And you have to stop and think, do I want this out there? So locations, informations about who you are, where you live, all of these kinds of things. We all follow that girl on Instagram. Is it Instagram or is it TikTok who takes a Facebook post and then she can find like where you live? That is a real thing. That is a Mm -hmm. real thing that adults contend with. Mm -hmm. It's a real thing that our kids will have to contend with. And it's a thing that women especially need to be careful of, especially, you know, just going to go for it here. But women deal with stalking, deal with sexual harassment, deal with domestic partner violence. These are real things that you have to contend with. And so safety has to be the number one thing. I think if we're talking about filters or paradigms or whatever, base level, Mm -hmm. am I safe here? And how do I stay safe? 
So right. do you use your real name? Right. Do you, do you use, use your a real screen name? name? Do you use your screen name? Do you put your location anywhere? Do you turn location on when you're taking pictures on Instagram mm-hmm. so that people could find you and trace your steps? Do you talk about your age? Mm-hmm. Do you give away your license plate number? Is your house number in the pictures? Mm-hmm. Your place of work? Any of these things are identifying features that you need to stop and think. Does this detract from what I'm trying to do here mm-hmm. if I remove that information? Yep. The answer is always no, it doesn't detract and it keeps me safer. Having experienced someone stalking me on the internet, these things are important. I'm so, sorry that happened. Thanks, me too. So when we are talking about the internet and safety, we also have to bring up how we are still in a spot, in a place where the internet is pretty permanent. Mm. So anything you post, any comment that you make, anything you put out there can be screenshot and saved forever. Then there's a whole thing about what Google keeps and what you can write. All of that stuff is there too. So from a safety perspective as well, we're not just talking about physical safety. We're talking about, are you doing something right now that five years from now you does not want on Mm -hmm. the internet? And so keeping that kind of like wide framework of safety, right? Because we've all know a guy, Travis Kelsey, for example, like we're going back to his tweets from 2010 and now he's the guy that can't spell squirrel. Right now, that only that only amplifies his dude bro brand brand right now. But not every person wants that sort of permanent thing out there about themselves. For a lot of, I was gonna say millennials, but it's really all. It's for a lot of people, just creating a handle with your real name made sense, or sharing your hometown made sense, or. Posting a selfie in front of your house or your job mm-hmm. was just that, that was just a thing. And mm-hmm. now I think we have more information to mm-hmm. think about that. If you've already done that, is it too late? No. So you can go back and alter what you've put out there. You can go blur things out. You can remove stuff from the internet. Yeah. A lot of the internet isn't editable, mm-hmm. but you can, if, if it's on your own channels, you can take it down pretty easily. Mm-hmm. You can even go into Google Maps and you can actually have your own home blurred out mm-hmm. in Google Maps. Which we've done. Which we have done. And then there's a lot of information that's that you can't remove. And that is a bummer. Mm-hmm. So if you search someone's first and last name and a town that they've lived in, a lot of times it'll pull up a website or mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. that will give you their age and their address and that sort of thing. That isn't cool. We don't like that. Also, our grandparents and their parents grew up with phone books uh-huh. that had every single person <laughs> and where they lived and what their phone number was. Yeah. This is yeah. not a new problem. Right. It is a continued problem where there are certain people who have that information and do bad things. Yep. And then there's a lot of people that don't care. Right. So because of that permanence, Jen, being mindful that things that you post could be screenshotted and that's a big one especially for young people on snapchat where it disappears Mm -hmm. or an instagram story it disappears listen donald trump's tweets like he would tweet something and delete them and as soon as that guy tweeted it was screenshotted he would delete them but it's still out there and we're all passing them around (laughs) so we have a better responsibility versus like when we were on the earliest days of Facebook, there was a lot of conversation around college students of anything you post could haunt you forever and keep you from getting a job. We don't really talk about that as much in the 2020s, in part because a lot of those having drinks with friends pictures on the internet, maybe that won't keep you from getting a job. But there's other content that you maybe absolutely don't want out there, especially if it's populating Google. 
And then that's on the proactive side. And on the reactive side, those things could be used against you or could be used to help someone do something stupid. You do a lot of work with personal branding. So I think if you start to not necessarily tell your kid that they're creating a personal brand, because that's weird, (laughs) but the same concept, Mm -hmm. right? Everything you do tells something about who you are. And so you want to speak to who you are in a really true way Mm -hmm. because the appearance of things matters Mm -hmm. on the internet. All right, so let's go to the next one. So the next one is heart, which is like a thing that I am always talking about with my friends, with my kids, with myself, with my therapist. Just trying to understand how the ways that you interact with the world and the way the world impacts you will translate to online culture. So how does what you're seeing on the internet actually impact you? And that seems like a very basic level question, but I don't think enough people stop and think about that. Mm -hmm. You guys, we all have that person who is screaming in all caps on the internet all day long. And it's funny and you go read the comments and you're like, that guy's a lunatic. But after a while, that guy gets under your skin. Mm -hmm. And so this is what I'm talking about. This isn't a one-time snapshot where you're just Mm -hmm. like, I'm a squishy person, so Mm -hmm. I'm not going to follow Donald Trump. This is a long game. Should I talk about Facebook birthdays? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of us have people that we have followed or that we are friends with that now we maybe aren't friends with or maybe we never were. Or maybe we aren't. That's maybe not so good for my heart to have those people in my feeds. So I, for over a year now, I've used Facebook birthdays to remind myself that people exist that I follow and then decide whether or not I still want them in my life and happy birthday. We're not friends anymore. (laughs) Okay, so that, let's roll that back a little bit, right? Because on face value, that sounds mean, right? But I think the implication of what you're doing is very real, which is it's saying, I have, especially for people who have a lot of, a big network, and you're basically getting ahead of me a little bit here, but like the idea is that if you're casting a wide net... That actually leaves a lot of room for a lot of inputs Mm -hmm. from other people's feeds and stories and lives. You're saying, I use the birthday feature on Facebook to do an analysis on where am I at? What do I need? And does this person's Mm -hmm. feed? Because let's be clear, a person and their feed are two different things. This is true. Right? Yep. Not always. And that's a very nuanced thing. But mostly, is this what I need right the second. And you're using yeah. that as a kick out of, I don't need this right now. As a mechanism for me to do that daily ritual of thinking through that lens, not to be, and actually, I don't know a lot of those people because I was because you a cast, lot of people. Be, right. In the West. beginning, Wild West days of the internet, right? Like you just wanted as many people, connect with as many people as possible, yep. not understanding the full ramifications mm-hmm. of what that actually does. And so the point is you have to understand those ramifications now. It's 2023. We have network everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's how I adjust my algorithm towards my heart. How do you adjust your algorithm for your heart? I think because humans are not permanent in their attitudes, adjustments, like the way they view the world, that is not a permanent state. Everyone is constantly on a roller coaster. Oh, I'm up, oh, I'm down, oh, I'm up, oh, I'm down. When you're dealing with personality types, you have to constantly be evaluating. So anytime something big happens in the world, 
that's a that's an adjustment point for me. So are you angrily posting for a day? That's a thing we can all deal with. But if you're angrily posting for weeks at a time and you're saying things and it's not about what you're saying for me, I can watch a lot of different viewpoints. I have a lot of ability for nuance because of my previous training in humans and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I have a wide net mm-hmm. for that. But for me, it's garbage out, garbage in. If you're doing it for weeks at a time, I'm going to mute you. I'm going to unfollow you. Not only how does what I see impact me, but what stories do I tell myself about who I am based on what I'm seeing. So there's a second step of that, which is before the algorithm stuff, because you have to have that all sorted and adjust your algorithm based on that. So if you're finding yourself angry or sad or in a state that you don't want to be in, label it however you want. If you're finding yourself in a state that is not amenable to where Mm -hmm. you want to go in your life, you have to adjust your algorithm. Mm. And so that means blocking, restricting on Facebook, muting for 30 days and being like, okay, this person's going through a thing. I'm going to give them 30 days and then you can come back. A lot of people don't know about these features. Like you can put people on a restricted list on Facebook, which means they can't see your stuff. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't tell them that you're not friends with them, but it removes them from your algorithm. So that's, I'm dropping people on their birthdays and you're like, no, but Greg, like you can mute them for a day, for 30 days. You can restrict what they can see from you. There's all these other tools. It doesn't have to be that blunt object. It doesn't. And I've learned this through a process of embarrassing the crap out of myself, especially when the pandemic happened, especially when the elections happened. There was a huge contraction in our life. Mm -hmm. Like we lost a whole ecosystem that we had built over, you know, a decade and a half. And so I literally wiped my social media clean Mm -hmm. after that and then rebuilt, basically. But here's the thing. You can't unfriend your Aunt Linda. And some of these relationships are more than just unfollow. Yeah. If you're following content creators on the internet, that's a different thing. But like some of these people are people, they're your work colleagues. They're people you don't have the option to you, remove from your and life. And maybe you, so you love them or you respect them. I think my example would be if someone gets, goes really in deep into multi-level marketing and they just flip their whole channels, I'm probably going to unfollow that person. But if they become a realtor... I'm probably just going to mute them for a month and just let them get it out of their system. Yeah. I just didn't want this to be confrontational. <laughs> but the, we but all the have point that remains. that became a realtor, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. But the rea- the point remains, right? Say it however you want, yeah. but the point remains like there are people in our lives that go through things and those things aren't applicable to where I'm at in my life. And that doesn't mean we're not friends anymore. It doesn't mean I don't love them. Mm-hmm. Even if you're selling multi-level marketing, I love you. I wish you'd make different choices, but like... I- so that's the people. There's also the spaces that you Yeah. About. So I've labeled this one, the space between them and us. And this is a filter that has to go on. You've got your, you've, you're safe, you have your algorithm adjusted, and you are self-aware of how the internet protects you. Okay, so the next step is understanding how other people are. So the space between them and us, how do other people use the internet? And in what ways is that a good or a bad thing? So we had a big discussion about influencers a couple of weeks ago and how mm-hmm. you should let your kids be influencers. And there was this whole discussion about how you're sending your kid up for a 24-hour job that is just going to tank their mental health. 
I don't think those two sentences are enough to dissuade your kid from being an influencer. And I don't think that's enough to dissuade your kid from social media, which influencers aside, social media is a place where people are speaking into what you're posting. You have to understand that the way people interact with your content is not about you. Mm -hmm. And it's not a statement Mm -hmm. on who you are. So if you post something on the internet and you get this vitriolic comment, you have to be able to compartmentalize that immediately. And listen, you're still going to feel bad about that, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole process that has to happen there where you remove that, set it outside of yourself, and you analyze it. And that's the space between them and us. If you're going to open yourself up to the internet, you have to put a moat around yourself and you have to decide if you want to open or close that drawbridge. Uncle Larry blows you up for posting about how you donated money to some place. And that place, oh, Uncle Larry has some issues around (laughs) the ability to donate money, Mm -hmm. around the organization. Like maybe it like hurt his mom in a bad way in the 60s, right? There's a lot of nuance and a lot of life that happens for people that you're not going to be able to suss out in a 200 letter comment. In order to engage in this in a healthy way, and to keep that drawbridge open, you have to learn to close it when you need to close it. If you don't have the ability to do that, like, that's when your mental health goes off the rails, right? Because you're believing what people say about you is Mm -hmm. true without doing an analysis about what's being said. Do you think it's similar to if I'm driving in traffic and someone cuts me off, that I can let it go and keep driving, or I can get really angry? But I still have to drive my car to get to work. So if I'm not able to drive without getting upset about how others drive, then I got a real problem. Mm -hmm. And for many of us, like being on social media is not an option. Mm -hmm. And if we're getting upset about how others are using social media or the things we're seeing, there's some tension there. There is some tension there. And I think that when we make reductionist statements about mental health, we get really mired down in a wide reaching concept that affects people differently. I would argue if you're going to have road rage incidences where someone's physical safety is -hmm. going to be compromised, then yeah, you can't drive. If you're on the internet, you have no capability for nuance, for discussion. If you're shutting people down and saying mean things to them on purpose, Mm -hmm. if you're on every single New York Times article blowing up every single author Mm -hmm. every single day, If you're going back to your high school friend's moms and blowing them up because you don't like their kid, listen, this isn't about the internet anymore. No. It's a vehicle for your need to go to a therapist. I'm literally talking (laughs) about what way can you interact online with your filters on, understanding I have to protect my mental health. And also there are humans in the world that don't protect theirs. Mm -hmm. And because they don't see that as a viable means of living a better life, their stuff gets scattered everywhere. These are discussions our parents didn't have with us. The discussions our parents had with us were literally like, not your problem, move on. Or you're just going to have to deal with it, right? Some people suck. Buck up. Those are not conversations that will ever happen in my house with my children. And we have these conversations with our kids all the time, right? There is a time to stand up for yourself. There's a time to have those discussions. There is a time for safety, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
But if we're putting filters on Mm -hmm. and going to the internet, this is a Mm -hmm. filter that like is the most important, I would Mm -hmm. argue. Because if you're not able to differentiate between yourself and vitriol coming towards you, this is a recipe for mental health disaster. Yeah. yeah. And this is the problem. This is the problem with mm-hmm. social media is that you have a lot of unchecked people with issues who aren't managing themselves, interacting with people who are really present and cognizant of who they are and what they're trying to do. And that rub, that tension can create a lot of problems for people. Yeah. And so I think if we equip our kids, this next generation, we give them this perception that look like everyone's not perfect. This is how these spaces rub together. It's not pretty. It's yeah. not fun. When you see this, come talk to mom and dad about it and let's talk about what could be going on with this person. Yeah. It's the same conversation around bullying that we have with our kids. Yeah. There's a moment for a discussion. There's a moment for... Our kids need to be able to push back. There's a moment for, all right, we're pulling you out because this isn't safe. Mm -hmm. There's all of that nuance that has to happen in these moments. Or maybe you're having that discussion with your parents or a friend or whatever. It's not kids. Yeah, no. And I think, again, the paradigm that you build, it's our responsibility to take care of each other is a big Mm -hmm. paradigm that we have in our house. And honestly, let's be clear. Like, there's some people that you just, you can't speak to in that way and that there's no point. And we don't have those conversations with those people because again, it's not just about, oh, what does that person need? It's also about what do I need? So we're not having those conversations with people in our purview. That's not a winnable situation. Maybe we tried once and then we're like, well, just protect ourselves at that point. We're back to heart again. And so this is how all of these Mm -hmm. these pieces build. What's the next one? The next one is a big one. And I literally, I think for women, this one is really important, but the reality versus smoke and mirrors. Dana Mercer, who will link to her stuff and the thing, she's a big one. And someone had emailed me. One of my friends was like, oh my God, you should talk about this week. And this is a big one, especially women and people who identify as women. This is a place that is absolutely integral to our mental health. You have to put this filter on where you have to be constantly asking, is this real or is this altered? Have to. Because with the amount of filters, now AI is getting in to the kind of realm, right? Where you have entire accounts where it's not actually a real human. It's a computer generated human. We talked about deep fakes for a really long time every year at South by Southwest, where like, Actually, President Obama did not post that video. That is not him saying that. When I would go a click up where I have the benefit of having a degree in public relations and understanding how messaging hits publics, Mm -hmm. hits different people. Mm -hmm. And when you watch your local news and they cover the local winter fest or whatever, that's not usually because they decided that was news. That's because there's someone sharing that is coming from a PR perspective. Yeah. When you're hearing a politician speak, a lot of times those words were written by someone else and the fact that you were hearing it was placed. And so we have grown up and raised our kids to understand that a lot of the things that they see or feel as movements, whether it's in the news or on social, there's some sort of marketing persuasion Mm -hmm. behind them. Yeah. And so it's understanding that There's a lot more smoke and mirrors than you even realize, let alone 
Yeah. Is that influencer a real person? Yeah. No. And that's super important. And I, I guess, so you have to ask these questions like, is this altered? Is this a filter? Who's paying for these things that I'm looking at? Just asking the question, how does this influence me? How do influencers influence us? Is this just about dollar spend or is this about adding something to my life? Is even the place where this video is taking place, is this a realistic place? Me, as a mom with three kids, I'm not doing anything on a beach in Venice. I'm not getting engaged in front of the Eiffel Tower. Sorry. You're not, but it's fine. But like these sorts of, <laughs> these sorts of things, they impact us. And do mm-hmm. I feel badly now because I didn't get engaged in front of the Eiffel Tower? The answer is no. No, I don't. And we're making a joke and you and I are bantering. But for those of you who don't know us, like, no, I'm not sad about that. I love my life. I love my husband. Like, we're good. But not only just watched a video of someone getting engaged in front of the Eiffel Tower, though. Do you feel good or bad? It made me feel great. I love that. Like, it's so romantic and fun and beautiful. And like, it's aesthetically pleasing and these beautiful humans doing beautiful human things. But I'm also an adult. Yeah. And so I'm able to really be able to look at that and be like, oh, that's fun for that, but that doesn't say anything about me because I don't have that. And so setting up this thing for people in our life who don't have that capability, like it's super important. It's actually critically important. And I I just want to say as a man, I know that there are areas here where I don't even feel it because I know that glamour filter that went so viral in March that women have been using on all social media to just make your skin look clearer or make just enhance your lips that sort of thing it was pushing unrealistic body standards or beauty standards and i realize there's a whole element where using the zoom filters that just make yourself look better and all those kinds of things i don't even think about using those yeah and see this is this is a pervasive part of society for women Mm -hmm. and people who identify as women Mm -hmm. this is pervasive it's constant it's all the time the difference is now we have intel that I didn't have when I was picking up a Seventeen magazine and looking at Britney Spears and going, oh, no. Oh, no. She looks so good. I don't look like this at all. Like, I am not a teeny tiny human that is blonde and beautiful. Like, I am a six-foot, lanky, brown-haired kid with braces who's always the wingman, right? Like, these Mm -hmm. sort of dichotomies for all of us right, are important. And the adult version of that is I'm not getting engaged in front of the Eiffel Tower. I'm not driving a Mm. Range Rover to Harvard to give them a speech about my Uh, (laughs) influencer-born amazing shapewear line a la Kim Kardashian. And so the reality is for women, this is fraught. Like it is fraught. And having lived and a very large body, and now living in a smaller version of that body. Plastic surgery, lip fillers, body standards, all of this stuff is stuff that women are actually turning on each other on all the time. It's ugly. It is not pretty. And what we have to do is step back, remember what we learned about Seventeen Magazine and Vogue, and the airbrushing and the unrealistic standards still applies here. And instead of what our mothers did was give us diets and more unrealistic beauty standards. Anyone who's ever eaten a Big Mac and been shamed by your friend's mom knows what that is. Mm-hmm. We have to do different for the next generation. And so 
that filter that has to go on before I interact with anything on the internet Mm -hmm. is I am following people like Dana Mercer who are showing every single way an influencer can pose in a picture. That's no filters. That's no filters. That's contorting your body. Yeah. How when she sits down, I have cellulite. And listen, Dana is a gorgeous human, Mm -hmm. right? And she will show you every which way she just had a baby. She had cellulite before. She has cellulite now. Like... You need to fill your feeds with real humans. Uh And not only do you need to fill it with real humans, because listen, we're all going to follow the Bravo people. Like, we're all going to follow those entertainment, beautified humans. But you got to follow people who talk about how that gets done, what that really looks like. You need a Dana Mercer in your feed so that you can be like, "Oh, oh, that's an AI influencer. Sure. That guy that made that lady is getting a hundred grand a month for her content and she's not even real. Right? Like those kind of realities have to exist in your head to interact with this content in a way where like I go hang out on the Bravo channels most days and listen, girls, not every day, because we all know on a bad body image day. It doesn't matter what you're looking at. Mm. But like most days I can go to those channels and be like. Man, I wish I had a makeup team. I wish I had a a glam studio like the Kardashians where before I leave the house, I am Ted to toed with eyelashes and makeup and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. Literally, I'm just a mom who's wearing her Uggs to Target, right? So the realities versus you have to be able to compartmentalize that to put it where it goes. Mm -hmm. And you have to, have to give this to your kids, your boys and your girls Because what we haven't talked about, I'm talking extensively about the ways that it impacts impacts women. The reason it impacts women is because the male side of the equation is perpetuating that as the standard they want, right? Now, listen, there is a lot around that. And I am aware that not every woman is married to a man, that gender is a fluid construct, all of those things. But what I am also saying is... Men run these channels. Men push these beauty standards. The CEOs at all of these companies are cis, het, white dudes. They're shoving this stuff down our throat and it's getting picked up and recirculated. Facebook was founded on basically a hot or not. Basically. What's interesting is so I looked up in Google Trends the word airbrush and it peaked in 2004. Okay. But that bold glamour filter that had a billion views it's on the TikTok, same thing. that peaked earlier this year. It's the technological advancement sure. so of the, that. The concept persists, but the expression will change. So just because now everyone's not using the bold glamour, does that mean this is over? No, so, no, so it, it'll morph. It'll morph. Right? And I think that's a really good point to ensure that we're teaching all of the spectrum of gender about this we're helping underline again back to that heart of where you're at and also acknowledging that attraction is also visual Mm -hmm. and that we want to look our best for each other and that matters but oh my gosh it's fraught with so many traps yeah and let's be clear women who are doing all of these things using all these filters doing all those things there is no shame in that that i want to live in a place where, like, I can go to Target in my Uggs and I can go to the Christmas party next weekend Mm -hmm. and go get all my stuff done and look like a million bucks. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying anything about that. I think if you want plastic surgery, lip fillers, like, whatever, go do it. Go do what makes you feel like you are Mm -hmm. doing the thing. Mm -hmm. What I want to be different 
is that that those choices are enforced negatively by a societal paradigm. Yep. That's all I'm saying. So. What about time? Oh. Next up. Next up. So the next piece of this is time in real life. You have heard Greg and I push back on the idea that no tech, only in real life, only in all. You have to be outside. You have to. You're about to hear us move this back to the middle, which is Greg and I's paradigm, my paradigm. You have to have both. You need to start looking. This filter that has to come on is monitoring yourself. Is my time online interrupting the quality of my life in real life? Mm -hmm. So am I so angry about Sam Altman getting removed from the board Mm -hmm. that I can't like have a nice dinner with my wife? That didn't happen to be, I'm just, Mm -hmm. it's a totally fictitious (laughs) in real, like seriously. But do you know, are you able to tell when your time online, when your limit is up, Mm. are you able to say, I've reached my point? If... At our house, like we can always tell, if our kids start yelling at video games, it is over. They're getting they're getting overly <laughs> frustrated, in part because they wear their emotions so, so much more mm-hmm. forward than maybe mm-hmm. an adult does. And so, the questions become: If you're yelling at games and you're grumpy, if you're not sleeping well, that's always a big indicator in our house too. If your brain is just churning on all of this online stuff, and you're not sleeping, you need to come offline. You yeah. need to come offline and you need to reground yourself and enough is enough, yeah. right? You have to find out what the line is for you personally, right? Like every person has to navigate this nuanced thing. And I think it is nuanced. You don't just give up social media for months at a time and be like, I'm never coming back. Social media is the worst and I hate it. No, that is not what we're doing here. We're saying, just like I am recently doing, I can't remember if we talked about this in this podcast or the last, but I'm taking a social media sabbatical for a little bit because I can feel myself like getting punchy Mm -hmm. about stuff. That's not about social media, actually. That's about a whole bunch of stuff going on in my life. And I'm like, line. I've reached a line. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about time the other way? Yes. Is... Because so a lot of what you're you've been sharing so far is about is your time online affecting the quality of your life in real life. Is there an aspect where like your in real life time can be enhanced with being online? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I think it's for us especially, like in the people we hang out mm-hmm. with, it's only additive. Just because we hang out with a lot of people who are really self-actualized and yeah. really have good boundaries around who they are and what they need to do. Yeah. And and we encourage that in our relationships with other humans. Yeah. And so I think, especially when we're at South By, especially when we're hanging out with people who like... People who start from a place of... Yes. Starting from that place of, how do I bring this in? How do we have a conversation about yeah. this in this sort of way? Like... It's super additive and super invigorating yeah. because we're always forward thinking, right? So sometimes I get criticized for when I'm doing silly things on the internet, like making fax machine Macy's Day parade floats and balloons that mm-hmm. are fax machines. Mm-hmm. And people leave comments on my things that say, it sounds like someone has too much time on their hands. Oh, and, I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> um, and so I have to go through the filters. Yeah. So my name is out there. Oh my gosh, this is fascinating to me. My heart is like being affected by these people who are negative. 
Yeah. And a few months ago, I actually, I shared this on social was like, what is behind these people that say, sounds like someone has too much time on their hands. Have you said that to others? Like what's behind that notion that anything that is like silly or creative or, or, or someone else doesn't feel as important. So it doesn't matter to you. Yeah. And I was pointed to the book cognitive surplus by Clay Shirky, where he says that since the 1940s, people have been learning how to use their free time for more constructive acts versus consumptive ones. Oh, particularly with online tools that allow new collaboration. And I think it's, could be seen as frivolous by some people to have fun on the internet, to be like, I have free time. I'm going to go onto social media and get that dopamine, get that yeah. fun thing. That, and actually, and to me, it's about collaboration and connection too. Mm -hmm. And that I can be by myself. I, I could be a completely different person living by myself with no friends and be able to go to the internet and find connection. And so what a valuable source of time. Yeah, and see, the re the reaction I had to it looks like someone's got free time yeah. on their hands is, no, you're carving out that time because we don't have a lot of unmitigated free time. And for clarity's sake, like, we build our life that way. Like, we don't like to be bored. We don't like to be just, we literally have a, you have a joke with me, right? Where you're like, look, we're going to be laying around all day today. We're what not, do we need to do? Instead, so we're that in our you... closet recording a podcast instead. <laughs> it's, it's still early. There's a whole day <laughs> left. But like, the reality of that is very real, right? It we're is. like someone who doesn't know what your life is like, who doesn't yeah. understand what a creative engine. Yeah what you're doing is, yeah. right? Because I think if they actually understood what that was, it would be a different discussion. And literally, we had a friend this week that was like, hey, you look tired. Go make something in AI or something. Yeah, right? I love that. The, <laughs> and that because they know, for me, mm -hmm. that a creative act around other people yeah. and online yeah. gives me energy. Yes. And also, so I, again, just in closing out this time in real life, like, yeah. it can go both ways. Yeah. And that's the filter. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think those questions, are you making an effort in your relationships in real life? Are you still mm. doing that? And do those in real life relationships feel additive still? And mm -hmm. if they don't, like, that is a, a, mm -hmm. a nuance of, okay, so am I imbalanced here? Is this about the relationships? Is this about me? Right? So those are all really important. Yep. And then the last one, which What's is the last one? my least favorite one. Oh, no. This is the one I struggle with the most because I every, I have really bad allergies. And so outdoor, outside is actually poison to me. <laughs> but yesterday we went and walked around Minnehaha Falls with our dog because it's not poison in the winter. You have to be outside. Like you have to go spend some time outdoors. I know there's a lot of wellness crap <laughs> <laughs> wellness stuff flying around the internet about the importance of sunlight on your face first thing in the morning and but 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 all these things i'm gonna let those people give you a bunch of rules that's not my thing i don't believe in that but i i think the reality is being outside is important moving your body around is important making sure you're sleeping well are you a zombie have you, like, just mitigated yourself to a place where, like, nothing feels good? All of these filters together, like, can give you information about how you're actually doing. Yeah. And so being outside is a filter that you have to put on. Have you spent too much time on screens? Yeah. Have you lost the plot? Do you need to adjust? 
go for a walk every day, right? Like I hate being outside. If you ask me to go on a hike, we immediately are not going to be friends anymore. <laughs> like that's how much I am just not an outdoorsy person. And also I know that when I start getting grumpy, when I start not sleeping well, I have to go on walks on my lunch break. I have to move my body. I have to do certain things. I have to get back into yoga. I have to da da da, right? There's a whole list of things that I have to do to right that ship. Being outdoors, being IRL, those are two really important pieces of the puzzle that you are going to hear Greg and I push back on people saying those things all the time. It's in the service of nuance and balance and both and. Those things are still important. You do have to do them. If you are not doing those things, you will not be a balanced human. So those two filters are in the service of both and nuance. I think some of the tension present in the concept of the metaverse, this idea that we're all going to have VR headsets and only live in the internet together. And it's, but what about being together? What about being present in the real world and that sort of thing? And I heard somewhere that the definition of conspiracy is literally breathing the same air to conspire, breathe the same air. And there's so much goodness in breathing the same air with someone else. And I think during the lockdown, we literally were afraid of building, breathing the same air with each other. And then what did we want to do the second that it was safe to do is be back together mm-hmm. and breathing the same air with people. And I love that you brought up going outside because you absolutely do hate outside and you are very indoorsy. You are very indoorsy. You're basically a cat. I am a cat. And we did go for a walk at Minneapolis's famous urban waterfall yesterday and we got a lot of good. And also what else we did? We took a selfie and posted it on Instagram. Mic drop. Both and. (laughs) Because if you go visit a frozen waterfall and you don't post a picture on the internet did you visit the frozen waterfall no who knows <laughs> who knows so that is the list of the the filters that i apply i love it and and i think that i'm doing most of the talking today but i think those are filters that your work and our mm-hmm. work together mm-hmm. as parents and co-partners mm-hmm. right and not just helping our kids but helping yep. each other yep. navigate those things has really led to I think at this point in our lives like we have the healthiest relationship with the internet that we've ever had mm. does that mean that I am not impacted by comments or I'm not impacted by people's attitudes or that I don't need to take a social media break sure. absolutely not yeah. because the reality is humanity is complicated and convoluted and hard. Yeah. Yeah. And social media is run by humans. So it is no surprise that, of course, that place is going to be a little bit complicated. But I think if we can start applying these filters and handing these filters to our kids, we can only optimize all of this good that we could find from it. So. I love it. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Please, if you don't already, check out thecaveproject.substack.com. Be sure to subscribe to get notified of future episodes. If you are not already subscribed here, wherever you're listening to this, please do so. You can email us feedback at emailthecaveproject@gmail.com, at gmail.com and leave us a review. How many stars, Jen? Only five. Only five. If you don't have more than five to offer... We don't need your review. Thank you very much. Thank you, and we'll see you on the internet.
See you in the caves. See you in the future. See you there then. See you there then. See you then. Filter yourself before you wreck yourself. Oh, no. Oh, no. Then we're not. I'm taking that out.